Hey, what's up? It's Saturday, March 5th, 2022, and this is episode three of The Podcast. Well, hey, we're back. Yes, we're back. Sorry. Uh, had to take a break because I got the old uh, COVID. Yeah. Yeah. It was dreaded. Yeah, man. I, I was, you know, vax and boosted, you know, because I believe in science in the medical community. Um, but yeah, it's still, it wasn't that fun. It was like a, a pretty tough headache for the majority of the time. Well, you and know, hacking at, up some at stuff. First it wasn't even coming through as positive because yeah, we were was debating weird. about having the cast and he was like, nah, I think, you yeah. know, let's play it safe. Luckily we did. Yeah. It was a good, uh, probably a good two weeks, honestly. Yeah. Like earlier this week I started feeling better. So it, it sucked. Yeah. But anyways, uh, we are back now, and this is kind of nice. We're going to do a cast for you today, which is the uh, 5th, and then next Saturday as well, so we can kind of get caught up. Then we'll go back to our uh, every every third Saturday, or every three Saturdays, hopefully. Yeah. So it's, There's plenty to talk about. Yeah. Um, but to, to go back, though, I, I would like to congratulate you. Being boosted as well as having COVID now, you, yeah. are, you are like... The, super immunity. That, that's super immunity. For the variants that are coming out, you are now the safest human. Yeah, well, that's good. Yeah, I guess it is. It is. It sucked, man. It was. It was a. Uh, it was a boring time. I sat in my basement, basically. Yeah. What'd you do to kill the time? Uh, I did play a lot of guitar. That was sweet. Nice. Um, I read. Uh, pretty much read through a whole book just based on the um a certain regiment regiment involved in the Battle of the Bulge. Sounds cool. Um, yeah, and I watched a butt ton of movies. Yeah, that was pretty much any it, recommendable. So. Uh, the new Ghostbusters was dope. Okay, really, really good. I mean, you got to be a fan of the originals. I mean, they use a lot of the same soundtrack, and that's fun. you know that that definitely gets the nostalgia going. Um, I just thought it was a good story. Paul Rudd's in it. He made me laugh. You know, super good. He can, um, he can really take any movie. You yeah, know I mean? he, he was just he was really good in that movie. He <laughs> he's just funny. He's kind of a he has a hilarious name. I can't think of it right now. It's Gary something. But it's just you know, he gets uh, he's he's he he has he has his plays his part perfectly. We'll just put it okay. that way. Okay, so he's a seismologist, new Ghostbusters. Yeah. Um, Any action like uh, in the Ghostbusters movie? Is it like like the old ones? With I mean, it's not like a high octane, you know, freaking shoot him up Bay. thriller type thing. <laughs> no, yeah, it's nothing like that. But I mean, it's it's good. Like the ghosts are cool. The ghosts are fun. There's just there's a scene like where. Uh, Egon's granddaughter has one of the proton packs and she and she's with her buddy whose name uh, coincidentally is podcast and they're chasing this uh, metal eating ghost like around this uh, old abandoned factory in like this town that they're in I think it's in Kansas or something like that so I mean you know a lot of CGI and shit but it was still fun it was actually oh, it has to be CGI, it was awesome I mean I'm I just, excited for it I enjoyed the hell out of it nice um and then I watched like the last duel was pretty decent if you're into that type of uh I don't know what that is uh it's it's basically about uh, these two French knights. Well, one one was still a squire, and the other one was a knight at the time. But one was accused. This is a true story in 1300 in France. Um, one was accused of raping the other one's wife or whatever, so Ooh. they had to fight to the honor and had this duel. So it's like I don't know. I like it. Loosely based off history, a I'm sure. Bit of revenge dueling. Yeah. That's fun. It was pretty good. Um, okay, who's in that? Anybody I would know? Yeah, it's like Affleck and. Oh what? Yeah, Affleck, <laughs> Matt Damon, and um, oh, pass, <laughs> and uh, Adam Driver. Yes, the hunky Adam Driver. Oh well, Adam Ooh. Driver will bring it back in for yeah. me. But yeah, you know, I watched some I liked, some I didn't. You know, whatever. Okay. Um, okay. 
Uh, did you did you ever watch Antlers? I did watch Antlers. That was fantastic. It was good. Yeah, it was decent. Um, I liked the story of the Wendigo. Oh, the I monster just, was amazing. Yeah, it, it was. was really it well was done. very impressive as far as the monster goes, but it wasn't. You know, the setting was really good. It did that. It did a really good job of like the dreary, depressing. Yeah. Um, where were they in Oregon? Yeah. Yeah. So like you know, wet, dreary, damp. Oh, my, gray, fa- my favorite weather. And Northwest. It, it, you know, it is mine too, honestly, but I need to be in like a, a coniferous forest like that on a lake. It's kind of perfect. I just don't want to get, you know, destroyed by some crazy creature that eats off sadness and pain. And <laughs> It's fantastic. Yeah, I highly terrifying. recommend Antlers if you like horror with gratuitous gore. That's all Kunkel watches, folks, just so you know. Pretty much. Yeah. But Euphoria is not, I guess that's extremely depressing, but I don't, not a lot of gore in that. I don't, I don't care for... No. No. Okay. Okay. I just don't watch Euphoria just because I, I don't know. I think watching shows about high school kids and like involved in sex and drugs is just weird. Hey, I will say, I it's will creepy say at the end of the first season, I was I was happy for the inclusion aspect, but I did think this is just glorifying the shit out of drug use right now because we had kids, the movie Kids, you know? Oh, yeah. And like, but that did wrap out into really depressing, this is what your life leads to kind of stuff. But that's true. I did season, I did watch Kids as a child. Yeah. And season two of Euphoria, it really brings to a head, the majority of the season is like the repercussions of that type of lifestyle and mm. how it's not conducive to, you know, reality. So I, I like the way it rounded out, but I feel like if, you know, I have a 14-year-old right now, if, if he were to watch euphoria and only catch the first season he would think these certain drugs are are fine and fun and parties mm. uh so it, it it does you know kind of throw me for a loop but i feel like as long as you follow the season then it's uh it's worth it and it is it's kind of just high school drama on a yeah i can't level. even imagine what shows are going to be out when my kids that age we're watching paw patrol right now Ooh. but i mean anyways what what <laughs> to be honest, why we're here today, folks, to uh, entertain you and your boredom yeah. is uh, something else that probably worries the shit out of anybody who's a parent right now. Um, we felt that no matter what topics we wanted to discuss or cool stories that we had been digging up on our list of cool things to talk to you about over the coming months that we had to talk about uh, the violence going on in Ukraine. Yeah. So, um, I mean, Sean, every- is, Sean is more... You know, you, you know more about what's going on, like on the ground there right now. Um, I know more about why this is happening, so we're kind of just kind of have a discussion about it, I guess, like yeah. the history of the USSR and how things kind of got to this point. Yeah. But right now, honestly, I haven't been paying attention to the news the past couple of days because I've been busy at work and stuff. What's are there any like any developments at all? I saw they almost blew up a nuclear power plant or something. Yep. Ugh. Every day, it's 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 worse and worse. Um, they are at least having peace talks. Um, there was, uh, talks of a ceasefire around these corridors for refugees and humanitarian aid. And then that was talks as I went to bed last night. And this morning I saw that the Russians are still firing in those areas. So, Mm. uh, I don't know how much validity is to that piece where they're shooting at, but that's what I mean. It, 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 It evolves every day, but some people don't know what is happening in general. So like the, 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 uh, bare bones of it is that Vladimir Putin, would like everything to be the way it was pre-World War II as far as boundaries are concerned. So he had taken uh, well, annexation of Crimea, uh, which is just south of Ukraine, in 2014. And that is yes. still ongoing, although pretty much settled in the sense Russia has it. So now he's taking Ukraine. And 
nobody thought he would do a full scale invasion two weeks ago, three weeks ago. And now his own troops didn't. I mean, they were led to believe, you know, a lot of them saying they were led to believe they were just going on military exercises. And all of a sudden, you know, Putin gives the order to start invading the country. Yeah. Um, they have family and friends in there. Yeah, sure. I mean, I, I can't even imagine how many different uh, different aspects, like relationship aspects are going on between countrymen between the two. I mean, like. Yeah. And, and, and when I say invasion, I mean all all angles around every major city moving its way towards Kiev, uh, which is the capital. They've already taken. Uh, yes, Kiev. It's the way Ukrainians. Yes, Kiev. The Russians Kiev, call it Kiev. Um which is weird because I always knew it as Kiev. Sure, me too. Now I I'm just learned saying this. Kiev yeah. out of respect. Kiev, but, sure, yeah. Um, you know, to be able to, to check out a map, I'll throw one up on here, but check out a map that that shows you know where the forces of Russia are, and and how they're moving in. And I mean, this is they want to say what, what are they calling it? A special operation? <clears throat> they refuse to call it a war. And all of their state media has been well, silenced. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing. I mean, like, and it is a war. Like Russia. Russia is like the perfect country, at least as far as the political political oligarchy goes. I mean, that's 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 what it is. It's just, it's an oligarchy. It's oh, yeah. run by one man and his rich oligarchs, essentially, just very rich people controlling everything, the media, politics, everything in Russia. It's perfect for Trump, which is why Trump loves Putin so much. Yeah. Um, oh, you but, got a button for that. Yeah, we'll we'll oh, get to oh, that. Okay, though. sorry, sorry, but no, it's okay. So <laughs> the problem here is that. Ukraine is kind of vital to Russia. I mean, Russia, they have petrol, which they, I mean, they do serve pretty much all of EU as far as like, you know, uh, gas goes. Over 60%. Yeah, sure. And they have, they have pipelines running through, I think it's uh, somewhere in the, is it the Baltic Sea, under the Baltic Sea, and they have pipelines running through mainland Ukraine. You know what I mean? So there's all kinds of like political issues and then like energy issues that Ukraine has to deal with as a result of this. But the biggest thing with, with Putin is Putin does not like NATO. NATO has been I mean, I don't like I don't like to use the word encroaching, but they've been they've been continuously moving east throughout Europe and they've been trying to get Ukraine to join NATO for a long time. And Putin looks at NATO as a threat, you know, like just you know, he'll make claims like we don't put weapons, you know, on on any other European nation's borders, like, you know, back in the day with the Cuban Missile Crisis, so why are we putting like militant, what he con- considers to be militant arms on the borders of every country in Russia? Um, which, I mean, for you know, NATO, NATO was, yeah, exactly, <laughs> basically. I mean, for the reason that your country is imperialistic, and again, it's an oligarchy where you in the past have murdered people and create, deliberately created famines, it's, it's just not going. He actually he wants to go back to what was like pre 1991, the Soviet Union. Um, Shortly after, between World War, well, World War One kicked off around the same time that um, the it was Tsar Nicholas was was killed. That was the guy who you know, like the Rasputin days. Tsar Nicholas and like his whole family was murdered. Like I think well, they, I think they were having like their when they were having their photo taken or something like that. Okay. Um. So after that, it was basically after the defeat of the White Army in 1922 was this treaty that was enacted between Russia, Ukraine, Belarus, and uh, I believe it's called Trans- Transcaucasia, which is modern day like Georgia, Armenia, and Azerbaijan. So uh, this this essentially forms the USSR, okay, which is the Union of Soviet Socialist Republics. Um, 
So at this time, they're read, they're led by the Marxist revolutionary Lenin. Everybody knows, I'm sure you've heard about Lenin, and he passes away, and Stalin comes into po- comes into power. And what they started doing was collectivizing all um, agriculture and building up everything industrially and militarily. So collectivizing agriculture, what we're led to believe is communism in the United States, meaning like the state or Stalin came in at the time, and he did do this. He stole all the landowners that you know people are producing had either. Um, you know, livestock or producing food and stuff, they would seize all of that um, under the state. So you can imagine it being mismanaged by a man like Stalin who straight up murders his own people. Like, that's what creates famines and starvation. That's supposed to be, like, you know, the communist Russia. Yeah. But people don't realize that socialism, I mean, it hasn't been given a chance because every every people that's, every everyone that's tried to do it, it's been run by basically despots and tyrants. You know well, that, what I mean? That's an argument for another day. Ex- sure. But this is... <laughs> This, this was their, their idea of communism, basically, and, like, what it led to. Um, so he would murder these land and livestock owners and stuff like that. Um, there was a great famine between 32 and 33, and this specifically pertains to Ukraine at the time. I don't know how to pronounce it. It's just, uh, like, Holodomor, um, which is where millions of Ukrainians thought to be... It's, it's estimated up to 1.9 million of Ukrainians in that territory had died due to this famine that Stalin is essentially created by collectivizing agriculture and spending tons of money, basically militarily, um, and on the industrial side, which probably allowed them to essentially beat the Nazis then. So after World War II, um, Russia was able to expand, like, farther into Europe. All the land, you know, after the Nazis were defeated, they were able to take over tons of land and basically reoccupy it as Soviet-controlled areas, you know what I mean? So then you have um, East and West Berlin and all that stuff, and you have, like, the whole Soviet Union, which is, like communism and awful just doesn't really sound great um it's basically kind of got its stranglehold on europe at the time so you know nato's established uh kind of as a as a response you know what i mean to start trying to unify basically all of europe against communism and then at this point um there's the warsaw pact which is um it, it was it was a response to nato trying to unify the eastern bloc countries so the warsaw pact was supposed to it's basically just Russia going out against the Europe, again, Europe trying to expand itself farther and farther east. So this is just like a constant theme between Europe and Russia, like all through going throughout the days. And that's how like the secret peace, secret police is created as certain um, rulers. Like I think Khrushchev tried to like at least be a little bit less repressive of his people, try to be a little bit more democratic. Um, so at this time, there was also the secret police, which was kind of like on the other side, like KGB keeping stuff in check. Um, for again, these oligarchs and stuff. So you just imagine how this goes on and on until in 91, you know, Bush Sr. is like, Mr. Gorbachev, tear down that wall or whatever the hell. (laughs) You know what I mean? And that's the whole East-West Berlin thing, but that was kind of the the, the, when the Soviet Union dissolved and all of these countries became independent sovereign nations. Yeah. So Ukraine has always been that one that's really just been like, "Mm, hey, buddy, hey, kitty cat. (laughs) It's always been like that one that really has like nagged at a lot of uh, Russia's leaders, including Putin, who was an ex-KGB agent. So Ukraine, again, also, they have a lot of that black arid soil. The the lady with the sunflowers, she's like, we'll put sunflowers in you. They, they grow tons of them in Ukraine. It's, yeah. it's, it's awesome. Well, that's so an they, incredible story, not to just blow yeah, by it. But oh, sure. No, don't blow by it. Tell them. <laughs> it's it's uh, great. Yeah, this, this lady walks up to, uh, and she's old. And, you know, it, just innocent. And she just walks up to the Russian soldier and says, hey, put some of these sunflower seeds in your pocket. Um, and he's like, all right. And she's like, so when you die, sunflowers will grow. And it's become like 
a Ukrainian anthem. Mm-hmm. You know, people have been the sunflower seeds. You know, that's that's a that's a big thing now, and I love it because you know it's great. I mean, just the whole it's the the metaphor that like it's just it's great when you think about it. It's like your death will just bring new life, something beautiful, and like that's you know yeah. So at least like all this bloodshed, this needless bloodshed, can yield something beautiful. Yeah. Or just get the fuck out of my country, basically, yeah. is what she meant. But Your life is worthless, but it doesn't have to be. Put these seeds in your pocket. <laughs> yes. So I loved it. So that, that's just kind of like the backstory between Russia and basically the West. You know what I mean? They think, of you know, America kind of is a lot, you know, behind NATO, a lot. I mean, a lot of funding. Yeah. But I mean, you can think about the correlation with Trump, how, like, you know, he doesn't, he, he can't stand NATO. It's like he, the same talking points that, that Putin has, it's absolutely fucking ridiculous. So, I mean, this is, this is what he had to say about him. Uh, I will tell you that President Putin was extremely strong and powerful. You need to shut the fuck up. Please. Yes. I mean, my God, dude, you got Tucker Carlson running this stupid mouth about all this oh. bullshit, too. You no, know, he was on uh, Tucker Carlson, our Fox <laughs> News host, you know, of the most was on the cover of RT, which is Russia's like propaganda network mm-hmm. for the things he was saying when he was going through like, has Putin eaten dogs? Has Putin did you see that clip? I don't know if I have. Oh, my God. It's He goes through a series of, like, 12 things uncomfortably being like, did Putin force us to wear masks? Did Putin force us to do this? And it was the day before the invasion because he was saying yeah. there was no reason to dislike Putin. Yeah. Still got 2 million viewers, man. Yeah. And, you know, if, if anything could, like, if any silver lining, at least for our kind of selfish point of view for our country, could come out of this is that we can unite against this man who clearly is waging war sure. in the ways that our own country has waged war all over the world, you know what I mean? It's like selective imperialism, and then that follows the selective outrage. You know, we have to still remember what our country has done with drone warfare and and imperialism and basically just enriching stockholders yeah. and politicians and their cronies. Like, like war, war gets that. a lot of people rich, but this is still something to be outraged by. And the fact that our former president defended Putin, who is a known murderer, he's made journalists disappear, like all kinds of shit. You know what I mean? Like, oh yeah, it's, it's to have anybody on on any type of newscast in this country supporting a man like that just sickens me. And you want that silver lining to be real. You want this to kind of unify us right now because we're a divided nation through and through. Um, hundred percent. But I yeah, feel it like sucks. it is bringing us together. At least it's bringing a global community to a together, point, which sure. I like to see. I mean, I I don't I know a lot of people that that are still saying like, oh, this wouldn't happen if Trump was it still in there. And it's just like, do you guys even realize like this would have happened a lot more a lot and easier if Trump was still in there? Let's not forget that he was impeached, you know, trying to withhold four hundred million dollars from military aid from Ukraine yeah. because he wanted info on Hunter Biden. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> all right. So let, let's talk let's talk about that for uh, for for Trump's record of diplomacy. All right, I mean the guy's a freaking turd. Yeah. I, Putin was absolutely waiting for Biden to come in. I don't think he, he, I think he just wanted four years of Trump to honestly just stage what he wanted to do in Ukraine even more because we, you know, with Deutsche Bank and everything, Putin's got him by the balls. That's another fucking story. Yeah. But back to Ukraine for a second, if we want to fast forward to, to what you were saying about um, annexing Crimea, this, this happened in 2014 after um, a Russian backed president. Again, you know, Russia's always trying to have that influence in Ukraine, trying to gain that back. Um, a Russian-backed president was eventually ousted due to all these protests in Ukraine because he wouldn't sign on to um, the European Union. So as a result of that, 
that's when Russia annexed Crimea. And this war that's been going on since 2014, you've probably seen a lot of footage of it. There was some crazy street fighting going on. Um, a lot of like sniper, like like legit brutal stuff. It was it's it was nuts to find out it's still going on and yeah, been going in the, on in the Donbas region. Over, I had no idea. Over fourteen thousand people have been killed, and yes, they're still fighting over. They had different pacts here and there, like Minsk, Minsk One and Minsk Two, which is peace talks demanded by Putin. To, basically, most analysts say that that just would have resulted in Putin having more political influence over the the Ukrainian presidency. But, I mean, that's still going on. So that war already started beforehand in Crimea, which is in, like, the, the northeast uh, area of the Black Sea, kind of across from that island where Snake Island... I don't even know if that's true anymore. I was hurt, I was hearing some... I don't know if there, that was a false flag operation either about those sailors. Why? I don't know. I just I just heard that it may not have been true. But, again, I didn't I didn't follow it up or but, anything. What so. he's referring to is the there was a battleship yeah, off the, the coast. Yeah, the fuck you, Russian Snake. warship. It was great. Yeah. Uh, off of uh, Snake Island, who sent in like lay down your arms and come out, and mm-hmm. we won't open fire. And uh, they have audio from like behind the mic, so you even hear the guy say to his buddy, being like, "Should I tell him to fuck off?" Yeah, and then he just goes, "Fuck off!" Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it was awesome. It was awesome. But if it was fake, you know, it I is mean, what it is. You never know. But the, the term "false flag" pops up a lot. Um, and, and that is kind of like, think of false flag as, I don't know, WMDs in Iraq, you know yeah. what I mean? Just coming up with something that you really hope's true, even if you know that maybe it's not true. Yeah. And then you start a whole war that makes Halliburton and a bunch of other well, people the, rich. But anyway, Russia's play Russia's is that neo-Nazis false flags. Exactly. Are, have infiltrated Ukraine. And there is a large amount of neo-Nazis in Ukraine. That is true. But it isn't something in the scale that he's proposing. And they don't pose the threat that he's inferring, I guess, because they are just like we have just kooky militant groups. Mm. And now they're getting fame because the, like, imagine if somebody were to invade the U S right. The, the, the most armed and ready are our kookiest people. Mm. And so they're all coming out in droves and it's the fighting's in the streets with the civilians just wearing armbands to be like, don't shoot me. I'm on your team. Yellow armband. Sure. Uh, so, so yeah, the militias are needed right now and they're doing great work. And I hate to say that, but so it puts me in a very strange position. Um, anytime you're watching any of the videos from it, if you look at that's the good, soldiers, that's a good point. It has a they'll they'll have yellow. It's like a yellow badge on their arm, and uh, it has it almost looks like the SS logo, but it says IN for like uh, Native Indigenous or something like that. Mm-hmm. And um, man, you can see them everywhere, and it sucks. But I need them to fight and fight the good fights. So I'm like, you know, more power to you, buddy. And you and you were training, you were prepared. While the lawyer and the figure skater and the MMA fighter are all out there on the front lines too, and yeah. they don't have any of this training. Yeah, I know. But something yeah, to be said the about MMA fighter isn't that the mayor of Kiev? Uh, his brother. His brother. But okay. They both, they both look video. like rock hard. I'll Yo, beat your ass, individuals. Yeah. I mean, you, let's let's make no mistake. The Ukrainians are hard fucking people, dude. Yeah. And so are Russians. I mean, what you have to deal with. They they don't have a great economy, especially in Russia. You know what I mean? The winters are cold and bitter. You know what I mean? And, and this isn't. It's not, it's not communism, it's just an oligarchy. Like, Putin is arguably the richest person in the world, to be honest. I mean, yes. the guy's got, like, a freaking super yacht. I think that may have uh, evacuated Germany by now, but that was another great story, too. <laughs> Germany was like, get your fucking yacht out of here. All right. Well, Anonymous took control Ugh. of the GPS. Of yeah, the I saw yacht. that. I think Musk that put a- up Starlink, too, that he said might be compromised at this point, because, again... Uh, Russian communications are interfering. You know, that I don't know if that's convenient or what, but I don't know if you remember the, I'm not going to remember the mine where the kids, there were 12 kids and their instructor were trapped, and he sent that 
uh, like submarine thing to go in and get them. Do you remember that story? Yeah, I thought they were like ex-military or like ex. It was uh, no. where was this? Uh, it was just little kids. In like Panama. I mean, I would say Thailand, something. Yeah, like that. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. You're, it was. It was Asia. Yeah, but either way, the, the importance of the story is that Elon Musk like made this big deal about sending this super high tech submarine that would be able because it flooded, no, so was, they got trapped inside a cave. Sure. Oh god, and it's had terrifying. To get there. Um, and when you talk to the people that were there, they were like, he sent this thing that didn't work. It had no capabilities of doing what mm. he needed it to do, but the publicity stunt was there. It's grandstanding. Yeah. So when he says he's sending Starlink. <laughs> Billionaires got to find a way. Well, it was operational, I think, for a moment. Like, it was helping Ukrainians communicate or something or giving some people internet access, but... Again, I mean, billionaires always got to find a way to make themselves look good. Yeah. And it's just like, bit, our, these are our oligarchs, you know, doing what they do. That, yes. I was going to, I didn't want to cycle back to the U.S. again, but you, you, I, you got to see the connections here, man. I mean, like even the pandemic, like the 10 richest people in the world freaking doubled their money and 99% of people lost money like during the pandemic. You know what I mean? Like you, this, How did that happen? this was a time of suffering a complete time of suffering and the richest people in the world got richer. Like it's not, I yeah. hate using the term enemy, but we're looking at one another as enemies through, you know, this stupid bipartisan bullshit, at least in this country. But we, we really should be looking at the people that don't pay their fair share in taxes can literally do wonderfully good life changing country changing things. I mean, think about it. If you have healthy citizens that aren't homeless, getting the right education, you will have the greatest citizens on earth. Isn't that what we're supposed to strive for? In America, yeah. but when you have people that can literally do that with their coffers that are filled with billions and billions of dollars, you know what I mean? And they can still walk away billionaires. Yeah. Why the fuck doesn't that happen? It doesn't make any sense. Capitalism, the American dream. You know what I mean? Your bottom line. They worked hard for it sometimes. Everybody I mean. feels the pinch of things going up. And that's because companies are afraid of their bottom line. It's not, it's, it's, it's not because the, the products are like, you know, more expensive. It's just that the, the distribution lines are creating issues, and so they have to, you know, outsource for different products, which create different, uh, you know, expenses on their account, and then, but they need to bring the prices up instead of taking a hit. These companies may look at their past two years of the pandemic and how much all of their stocks went up and how much money they all made. And now we're now they're like there were we, record oil profits last year. Yeah, and that's ridiculous. And they're on pace to do even more. And we're of course now we're swinging this to, back to gas here, which is what I've heard a lot of people fucking complaining about recently. I mean, any wartime things are going to go up, but Support oil Ukraine. companies, at least in this country, oil companies in the U.S. have leases that they're not tapping into or producing. Okay, so that means that they are keeping a limited supply. So what happens when you have a smaller supply? you increase the price, okay, supply and demand. So if they have the resources to tap and produce more oil and bring down the prices, they're certainly not doing it. Now, at the same time, uh, Biden does scare the shit out of these companies or any type of progressive president moving forward who wants to get into green energy, which, you know, is the way we have to go. I'm fucking sorry, deal with it. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's the way we have to go right now, but it's scaring these companies to try and make record profits as soon as they can. So they can tap into it. They can also pr they and can produce it and sell it for cheaper, but they're not because this is corporate America for you. It's bottom line, yeah. exactly what you and, said. And that's that's why gas is like five dollars in fucking San Francisco right now. Yeah, and it's it, it's simple. It's it's a simple economic thing. So you can't blame it on like one man or one administration. You know what I mean? You can't sit there and be like, oh well, things were so great. And also, it's the stock market is not the economy. Also, okay. Yeah. So like, even though like my that's portfolio hard. is not do not doing very well right now. 
You know what I mean? But that doesn't mean that like the entire economy is doing bad. Like we do have jobs increases in the past, I think so far this year, but the, the stock market is not the economy. So if, if a lot of people are losing money in the stock market, these are like millionaires and billionaires and people who don't give a fuck about you. Trust me. Yeah. It's, it's, the average person just wants to fight over stupid reason that that, well, that scare them. I feel like it, instead of fighting over coming back to like global, you know, global warming, climate change aspects, um, and how we have to get to more electric and more renewable energy. That but the people, the powers that be, don't even understand these things. You know, they're still coal and oil driven, trying to get profits. Mm-hmm. So when they're not tapping into their reserves, the excuse more than likely is going to be that the reserves may be needed down the line. You want to postpone that as much as possible because they are the reserves. Yeah. But at this point where we're at, you know, in the grand scheme of climate change, we need to get away from oil and gas. Yeah. So hit those reserves. We, we do have plenty hard. of reserves right now. It's it's the SFP or SPF. It's some, some reserve somewhere that's either down on the eastern seaboard, I don't know, it's somewhere but we that we can tap into. I think it was like 600 million million barrels that we could tap into that would really only keep us afloat for like 13 days when you really think about it. But again, it could alleviate prices a little bit. And I think the administ- Biden administration has been wanting to tap into that. But at the same time, another argument that I've gotten against this is the Keystone Pipeline, which Biden delayed. But a lot of people also don't understand that that, that oil is... In order to refine, it's a lot more expensive and it's a lot thicker. So it all be it wouldn't be a low cost product, and uh, that so again, help ex- exactly. So if it's not a low cost product, if it's going to cost these companies more money to refine it and use the pipeline, you know what I mean? Then they're not going to they're not going to lower prices. So sorry about that. Yeah, that's not going to work. <laughs> it's just I, I just don't. It, it's it's not that. I mean, it's really not that complicated if people are willing to sit down and listen. And and like I know somebody. And this is a great example of that. I, I know somebody who bought a book called Plandemic, okay? And they read a little bit of it and then ended up saying to me, I just I just don't have the patience to read. I just, I just realized I just don't like to read. You know what I mean? So th- they bought a book trying to confirm their bias. What they wanted to believe was a pandemic, but they wouldn't even take the time to read the book that they bought. So how can you sit down with somebody and speak to them in any type of sane way using as many facts as you can to try and get them to see the, the big picture. You know what I mean? It's if impossible. they won't even like, it's just give them a headline. All right. That's the headline that I think I agree with. And that's it. They don't want to dive any deeper. It's like, Oh, Biden administration making oil prices go up. And that's all you can see on, you know, the freaking New York post or Fox news or whatever. But then if you actually del- delve into it and see, honestly, nine times out of 10, I can bet you that if there's any issues facing everybody in the world, you know what I mean? It's probably a bunch of fucking rich people getting richer and us just getting shit all over. I mean, that's really what it is. And I'm so, I don't want to, I'm not asking for fucking handouts, dude. I'm just saying, like, think in a logical way. Can you really spend $200 billion in a lifetime? Can you fucking do that? When, no. And, and <laughs> you when can. the majority of the other people in your society are struggling and you have to, yeah. we have to ask this question. But, you know, this is a capitalist society, as they say. And uh, we, we, he earned that on his own. That's his money. We can't take that. If, I know. If you knew the tax loopholes and the way that when you're this level you're of wealthy. You're just smart because you have a big brain. Yeah, big brain. You have a big brain. You don't have big enough brains My brain is as big as, as, big as your... Wow, that song. Yeah, Harrisburg, represent. Woo. I don't know what track that was. But Love the Berg. It was beating. Hell yeah. <laughs> Man. 
I just, I don't know. I guess this is what this podcast is for. We want you to listen. You know, I, I, my, I know my friend Buddy. I'm my, my friend Buddy. My, friend my buddy's buddy. listening right now. He listens every time. I'm not going to shout out his name, but I mean, he'll probably text the shit out of me about it. But um, he's a conservative dude, and he likes to see the other side of things. That's why we have these conversations a lot of the time. And I'm glad that he's listening and watching. Ask him who and, wants to come and that's, on. We'll we'll have him on. We okay. will, buddy. We will, dude. You guys have probably <laughs> met before, but anyways, um, I just there's there's not. There doesn't have to be like this automatic knee-jerk response every single time something goes wrong in your life. There doesn't always need to be somebody to blame that fits your political narrative, or at least in the realm of like this divisive po- political world that we're living in right now. I really think that people need to start focusing more on the fact that there literally is a very, very small amount of people in this country and globally that have so much wealth and so much power, and I'm not trying to say Illuminati or anything, it's just people that have shitloads of fucking money and power. They are out there. It's not yeah. a fucking myth. These people are controlling things to the point where it, it almost seems impossible for anybody else to ever get ahead. You can be a self-made millionaire in this country. You can, absolutely. You can get rich enough to the point that, like, you don't really necessarily have to worry about things as much, but you're kind of floating there in that gray area between, like, the super rich billionaires, like the 1%, and the middle class and people in the lower class that literally combined don't even have, I think, I always fuck the statistics up, but I don't even think that half of the wealth in our country is even owned by the bottom half of the country. Yeah. It's something like, I, I totally I fucked that up. That. But you guys, yeah, yeah, yeah. I butchered it really bad <laughs> and I shouldn't, I should be a little bit more responsible, but <laughs> trust me, the wealth gap in this country is astonishing. In the world, it's astonishing. Like, I, I just don't see... With so many resources that we just squander and and waste away, I don't see how really anybody should really be going hungry or anybody should be homeless. There's just no fucking reason for that. You're getting to utopia world, and, you you know, that's another... How could we do that? You know, world hunger, solving that. But we can work locally and at least within our nation and try and get the right people uh, in charge of our coffers so that we do send it where it needs to go and internally as well. But this, Um, I mean... Money and power is what this whole, and yeah. resources is okay. what this whole war this, in Ukraine is going on about. Ukraine you know I mean? was invaded by Russia, what, a week, 10 days ago? Yes, and, a little over a week ago. And it was it is going to change your life. It will change everyone's lives mm-hmm. from here on out for a good long while. Uh, that was postponed because China said, hey, uh, not during the Olympics. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. That I, did, I did. Shit, you're right. I did hear about that. <laughs> So like China wants to invade Taiwan real bad. It's the same. It's a yeah. similar situation. That's going to be next. If uh, they want to see what My doctors from Putin. Taiwan, he's a good dude. And you're going to see China taking Taiwan. I think you know the USSR, I, I, whatever was included in that, because I don't know fully all the countries: Georgia, Armenia, Belarus, Ukraine. Uh, Is Poland some other ones? No, no. I'm horrible uh, geography, and I should be Azerbaijan. Better. Yeah. All of those places should be on notice right now. If this works, because well, yeah, sure. this wasn't the grand, you know, finale. But you guys think about it, dude. Russia doesn't have the resources, the logistics to continue. Like they're they're not that well equipped. They have manpower and equipment, but I don't think they have the means to to really push through and to, certainly not to take back the USSR. I don't think that they have enough enough pro Russian people in those countries to even make an impact because it's going to have to come internally. You know what I mean? They haven't what been if a nuclear threat, uh, threat comes in. That's they, they, that's they, they that at that Chernobyl. point, that's end game for me. You know what I mean? Like at one point, like, 
I mean, they were already shooting up a factory the other day, and I, they, I think it was actually last night or the night before, and the people working there were like, you're threatening the entire world. Stop shooting at us. Yeah. There's footage of that, man. It was crazy. There, there is, I, they, they took Chernobyl, but they yeah, took Chernobyl for they took that early. their land so that they could travel through it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then now, I don't know what this place is that they took, but it, it, the people are still working there. The Ukrainians are still working there under gun. Like they're being forced to keep it going. But this is one of, I think, 15 nuclear reactors across Ukraine. And any one of those is akin to a nuclear bomb if detonated. Sure. You know what I mean? There, We had Fukushima accident and Chernobyl accident. Those are our accidents. Any yeah, one of these a, could be one of these accidents that, again, changes a the course of humanity. There. I forget what he was talking about, the difference between Fukushima and Chernobyl. Um but either one, catastrophic, you know, killing, oh my God, it's... it's Fukushima's not even contained yet. Yeah, I know. Well, neither is Chernobyl, really. I mean, you can't go in that area. Yeah. It's going to be like that for probably thousands of years, man, at least to some degree. Like, that shit, it's no joke. So a lot he, of... Well, it, let's let's talk real quick. Um, Actually, we're making good time. Like, what, what do you think... I'm curious to think about what is actually going on in Putin's head. Because there's so many different theories right now. And, like, the one that I like the most is that... He's been sequestered since COVID. He got COVID and apparently has like just some crazy shit going. Like they have, like he has the long haul, like, um, God, what, what was the term? It's, it's like long haul COVID, but something in his brain, not like dementia, but it's just, Delirium or something. yeah, it's just fucking with him. You know what I mean? And he's like paranoid or something. I don't, I mean, I don't know if it really goes that far, but have the dude, table? the <laughs> dude is a fucking pariah and a war criminal now. And everybody's looking at him that way. And he's just like full steam ahead. I mean, how do you fucking sleep at night unless you are literally like that much of a, I mean, is he that much of a sociopath that he just, just has no, just, he just doesn't care about the entire world. He's been cooped up. I mean, before I know. COVID, what does that do he was you? still segregated from the population. He only had his advisors. It's imagine what Trump's ideal, you know, government would be where he just has a sea of yes men and never has to speak to the public. Sure. Yeah. I'm. You know, yeah, we, said, we were saying that earlier. Yeah, like it's the ideal political spectrum for Trump. Yeah, and that's what he acquired. Um, so, you know, when COVID hits and he gets COVID and then he's even more, you know, secluded in his own world, uh, he has this vision. He was pissed off when Ukraine, you know, wasn't part of the USSR anymore. And he's always wanted it back. And I think this has been a very long game. I don't think he ever sat back and said, okay, this is the way things are. I think he's been you know, sowing the seeds of divisiveness in the U.S. He got Trump president, gave us four years of chaos. Now this happens. So he could focus on that, sure. I mean, everybody always was trying to keep him checked before that. I mean, Obama tried. I mean, he, he, you know, stood up to the guy to a point, but I also don't really like, I don't like what the Obama administration did with the red line in in Syria and stuff like that with Bashar al-Assad. And they were, I mean, they were using chemical weapons against their own people and Russia was supporting them and backing them. Remember that when that was going on in Syria? Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, that's just, that's just shit I can't get down with. But in my opinion, every U.S. president's a fucking war criminal. So, but Trump, Trump literally, Trump being in power for four years, Putin has him by the balls. Again, it's another story, but Deutsche Bank, you know, Trump can only get funded by certain people, you know, think (laughs) about that. Deutsche Bank and then like being in league with Russia and shit like that. Like Trump is in debt to that man. It's like a whole mafia thing. Like Putin could probably have that dude whacked if he wanted to, but Trump doing whatever the hell or really doing nothing, just kind of like trying to, you know, act like he's the strong man telling like, you know, whatever Trump says, you know, I can't really necessarily believe and I'm sorry, but sitting, sitting there and just kind of letting Putin run free game for four years, especially with uh, continuing things down there in Crimea and stuff. 
I mean, the dude's been setting the stage to do this. Yeah. Military exercise that turned out to really his fucking fantasy of global domination, at least in that region. Yeah. I and think the West has always been creeping in on him. I feel like the the sanctions we're putting on um glo- everybody, the you know, globally that are attacking mm-hmm. Russia and turning their ruble to dust. Um a lot of their companies and a lot of good investments are down further than they've ever been. Um, so this is like a prime time for anyone that has a good amount of money to buy in and somehow get Putin out of, out of power, their stock market will slowly come back up. So a lot of millionaires and billionaires could be made in this time period, um, which gives me hope. That's interesting. Money does it all. You know what I mean? Yeah. But it sometimes it might work in our favor. And I mean, so, we might sound like a bunch of socialists or whatever, but fortunately oh, we got to play the game and try and... I know, but <laughs> we still got to try and make that money. That's true. I got bills to pay. There's a game. Oh, I got another kid on the way. Did I tell you assholes hey. that? Holy shit. Yeah, so that's going down. Congratulations. Fuck. But, uh, yeah, um, I... Uh, bring that into the world. Good. Yeah. <laughs> that's why I have these concerns, you know? Shit's crazy. They'll yeah. adapt. They'll survive, you know? The power of the internet is strong, man. It is. That's what helps. That's 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 the vehicle. That's the vehicle that, you know, it's the divisiveness algorithm. drives into our world. And I can stay completely up to date with the Russia Ukraine invasion. Like you're not not up to up to date, but you know I'm I'm all, I'm watching live videos from front lines to getting you know one day after attack synopsis of of, of damage and and repercussions, and it's still. And then on the other cheek. You can just turn it over and watch a bunch of fucking lies from Alex Jones. Yeah. And, but that's what I'm saying. Like, the the internet gives you... It's just the good and bad that comes with it. But, you know, that, that technology is just going to be the downfall of our society It's eventually. not going to be. It's going to really? be the savior. <sighs> it's going to be the savior. And you'll see. Look at our lifespans now from where we were. We can now find diseases, find problems. It, I mean, it, it, you only look at the negatives and because <laughs> they're bad. The, the positives are... You know, innumerable, and they're only going to get better. But uh, we've got to get over, you know, the hu- humanity's hu- hubris, and in my opinion, religion in general. But mm-hmm. once we get, because I don't even, oh, you know, we'll have we'll have a cast on that. Yeah, like Putin, this isn't religious, you know, based in, that I've noticed. It's just he, it's more territory and power. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not all wars, but Putin's getting down to brass tacks. He's like, whatever. This is this really is just about money and power. Yeah. I'm an asshole. That's it. He doesn't I have care. giant man boobs and I ride a horse. Have you seen his table though that he sits his generals at? Oh, all far away from him and shit. Oh, yeah, he doesn't man. want people near him because of COVID, dude. I'm it's telling you, the crazy. dude's fucking terrified. Yeah. The French Weird. The French president, uh Macron. Macron, yeah. Yeah. Macron just type like Macron and Putin at table. And you can, it's ridiculous. Yeah. And then you see him with his people that he's like trying to talk to about strategy. It's his his leading aides. And there's probably eight chairs between them, eight. And they're way down there with microphones because he doesn't want anybody near him. This guy has a nuke button. It's insane. Yeah. <laughs> but we, uh, what I can mean, you do? Dude, dude's got dude's to go, man. He really does. Like it's, it's, it's the, oh, there's oh. a lot of people that, that really just, I don't know. I wish would go away too. But yeah, Putin's one of them. Certainly. Yeah. Who's a lot next? on the home front too. You know, who's next? Who would take over? It might be worse. Who knows? But you get... It'll, it'll probably be some someone that we'll try and install. Don't worry. Yeah, we'll, see, we'll see how long that lasts. 
a, we, a Western a Western installed political structure in Russia. Yeah, that'll, that'll go over real well. <laughs> but fuck, man, it's just it's, maybe everybody just needs to have more respect for humanity. Shit. Dude, I mean, and when you draw the lines on the globe right now, it's like uh, the United Arab Emirates, China, and Russia. Um, and they are all huge, scary powers. South Korea may even be in that. Uh, North Korea, sorry, North, North Korea. Korea. And who um, even knows, man? We I, mean, I don't think we have. If there's any country we don't have a lot of up to date information on, I think yeah, it's North yeah. Korea. <laughs> but you know, look at they that are side. Isolationist. And then we have Italy, Germany, uh, France, us. You know, Canada. We keep going, but it's like we. I don't know. Take these. Take the piles and look at them. And one is extremely aggressive, and the other one is extremely diplomatic. And I just feel like in this is the worst time. It's enough to end everything. It. I feel like they are. They are cr- the the what I would consider the bad side. Um, are crazy enough to think you know the people don't matter. It's the overall ideal. Whereas we think the people matter. So when you got somebody swinging well, swords, ostensibly, the whole way ostensibly in, our our governments do. Like that's the whole like thing. You're like yeah, we we care about the people and everything because we're we're really talking about governments here because deep down inside you can't help where you're born. You know what I mean? Oh, like yeah, imagine there's so many Russians that are just like my God, living under this. Like oh fuck, because yeah. like you think we had it bad under Trump? I mean, living. I mean, it's pretty bad under Trump, but we still, you know, like there there what is, is it the. Uh, not the pussycat. Is it the pussycat dolls that like weren't they locked up for a while? Whatever that Russian punk pussy rock. Riot. Yeah, pussy riot. We're locked up just for advocating for gay rights or something like yeah. that. I mean, like that's fucking insane. That's like Saudi Arabia type shit. Yeah. Russia you know has I mean? like, zero tolerance for homosexuality. And and like these no these, these are the, these are the types of things that even though we have stupid freaking assholes like Marjorie Taylor Greene and Bo Bear and all those idiots that try and sit there and tell that you tell you that you can't be who you are in this country, at least right now you still can be and not go to fucking jail for it. Yeah, you know what I mean. You might still be judged in society for whatever reason by a bunch of fucking assholes because you're just not used to what they're seeing every fucking day. I mean, who gives a shit? Be your fucking self, and yeah. that's that's it's it is one of the few good things about living in America, you still, I mean, at least you're not going to get killed or go to jail for being who you are. Yeah. But we're still a bunch of judgmental pricks. We need to get over that stuff and get people like that out of fucking Congress. Like Marjorie Taylor Greene sickens the fucking shit out of me, dude. <laughs> she is the worst. I can't believe anybody would elect that woman. And I, I, I could do a whole podcast about how much I despise her. We could just go through everything she said. But I think it would just make me so mad. My fucking head would explode. <laughs> I'm into it though. I'd do it. Oh, God. <laughs> I'm right there with you. But, I mean, at this point, what like what what can you do as a person to to help people in Ukraine or to really help anybody who has an imperialist regime coming in there and trying to dictate your way of life? And I honestly like I, I don't really know besides trying to spread information. Yeah, like I don't. And that's another thing about kind of this country that keeps us in this in this realm when you have like so many people controlling all the wealth. Like I would love to be able to take time off just to travel maybe go somewhere and try and help with some sort of aid group or aid crisis. I would love to do something like that, but I can't afford to. Yeah. I can't donate any fucking money. I have mouths to feed and I have bills to pay just to keep like my family alive. Yeah. And you know what I mean? I just, it's, it's tough to kind of like be in that spot. You feel kind of helpless. It's like, what can I do? What do I have time to do? What do I have the resources to do? And I kind of feel like that's the design of like, really main governments that want to try and keep like at least, you know, modest amounts of control. Yeah. But don't feel bad. Extreme control is... would be like being threatened with violence for trying to protest or whatever. Like I could go out and do it, but it's just, I guess I'm just making excuses in the end. But I mean, it is tough when I got to work a fucking nine to five and like everybody knows what that's like. You got to work to survive in this country. And like, 
it's tough to really stand up for what's right. Yeah, but don't you know that that's a common sentiment across the board, right? I know now, it's, you know, it's so laziness. It's don't no, it's not laziness. It's what what can we really do? That we do this is something. It's a, it does sound a little complacent now that I like run it back in my head, but like this is something. We're trying to get some information out. Yeah, I just hope that more and more people hear it, even if you don't agree with it. You know what I mean? Like we're still like I'm just trying to tell you some truths here. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, and check us, argue with us. You know, sure. look into everything because we do our research. We have facts to back up what we're saying, and um, I don't feel like there's much you can argue about. Well, maybe some of the trumpeters can in what we were saying today, but as far as the Russia-Ukraine stuff, I mean, that's still front and center. And I say don't look away. You know, if it's depressing don't, you... Don't then, look away then, from any of it anywhere in the world. Sometimes you should, because it's... it. I mean, I'm tearing up constantly watching the refugee just, crisis going on. Yeah. Fucking millions. They're, they're estimating 5 million people, and they're not letting anybody between, like, 16 and 60 leave. That's male. Yeah, so they're not even letting black people. Yeah, but Ukraine's not even, and a lot of these countries aren't even letting black people across the borders as refugees. What the fuck's that about? Yeah, like, oh, I'm sorry, like you're 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 not important enough refugee because you're not white. Okay, that makes fucking sense. There were even there were several. I'm sure you saw um, uh, the latest John Oliver. There were several media talking heads that were either live on the ground or whatever broadcasting that had mentioned words like about this is this is the difference between like we'll say these refugees. From let's say Syria. refugees from 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 South America or from Syria, okay. Here here's where the words that they use to try and you know hit you in the feels about the Ukrainian refugees: white, uh, prosperous, Christian, upstanding. I mean that's just four European, to begin with. European, educated. Yeah, I mean for fuck's sake, what does it fucking matter? What what background you, you come from or supposedly come from? Because a lot of these, I mean, who says you're fucking educated just because you're white? I know a lot yeah. of dumb fucking white people. Well, I but, would say that, you know. But, but what, what, war is war. And if you're fleeing from it, you shouldn't be turned away simply because of your skin color. It's fucking insane. No, and then to, easy, to sit yes. there and, and hold, you know, to. <laughs> Sorry, I was doing this earlier. I wanted to be a weather podcaster or a weather person. But to hold one group of people or one group of refugees like at Above least to give others. them all the coverage oh like all over the media channels and all over the internet and not focus on what's going on and like again like the middle east and syria that's that stuff is still going on right now i mean like they're ugh, i just don't it's a very complicated situation very complicated i uh, you know when you, i haven't looked very much into it but if they're trying to get refugees out of ukraine and the primarily Ukrainians aren't black, then there would be some segregation there just by nationality alone. Not so much like blacks over here, whites over here. Uh, but from what I'm seeing, it's like troves of, of students and they probably have their papers in order and are ready to go and they're still not being allowed in. turned away. So, you know, something to dig a little deeper into, um, but I'm not surprised. And, you know, it's just... Think about it. Five I million just, refugees, mostly women and children. Um, five million right now? I it was no, like, no. That's the estimation. Oh, the estimation. Oh, you um, mean like as things progress? Yeah, we're yeah. about to hit a million. But yeah, I was going to say, we should, we, it was like 600,000 the other day. I know. And and think about it. The Russia's coming down from the north, the north, the uh, the east, and the south. So obviously, you know, Europe is to the west of the... So, I mean, they're, they're hitting them in three out of four fronts right now. It's... Yeah. I feel like it's only a matter of time. I just, I, I just wonder. 
the way we can stop this but would absolutely cripple the European economy is if we sanction the shit out of Russian oil, which I don't think that we have done yet. That would, But that would stop their war machine and that would also wreak havoc on the economy again, like in Europe. But I, that's that's really the way to stop it. And like, I don't they know, man. Do it. Well, they it's it. it's extremely abrupt. And that's that's the toughest thing about climate change is like you... It's like you want to turn off the, the tap now. You want to turn off the oil tap right now. Like, because, you know, to really avoid complete catastrophe down the run or down down the line we really need to do that now like let's face it we are going to yeah. hit past that um whatever it is it two one point two five or five degrees celsius or something we're going to pass it 2100 is going to be ugly no matter what we're looking at with climate change at least that's what i believe based on what i've read about most of the leading scientists on stuff like that you see but, the rainstorms in australia Oh like, yeah, almost every week you can find. Yeah, there's new... that's right, and that's something that wasn't getting covered either, man. I mean, houses are just covered basically. You can see yeah. rooftops sticking out of freaking lakes now. The day prior to the rain was because it was just days of rain. Said uh, the prime minister or one of the guys said uh, in Australia, if your area hasn't flooded before, that doesn't mean it won't. Mm. And so, like, it's unprecedented. I mean, it's it, we use these words so much now that they lose their impact, mm-hmm. but unprecedented and and record. Those words are, are, are very meaningful. Unprecedented is meaningful. That's the first time, okay? It means yeah. it's set precedent <laughs> yeah. at that point. You know what I mean? That means it's gonna, probably going to start becoming a regular thing. Yeah, and uh, it is. But, yeah. you know, we'll just have to wait and wait it out and see. Yeah, I guess so. Well. But I feel good. feel good. I, I, feel got, good I got to vent for a little bit. This yeah, whole... we vented a lot. This was a good one. Yeah. Um, I just... Russia. Yeah. All hail Ukraine. Fuck. <laughs> Fuck Putin and his uh, and his oligarchs. I can tell you that. Yeah, not not More the Russian so. people. Not the Russian. Remember, people. we're always talking about governments here. Yeah, we don't like the governments that have the power for whatever reason. Nah, I don't Never understand the why you take it out on on local populations. Like when COVID was big, the Chinese were getting, um, you know, assaulted on the regular. Still are getting mm-hmm. assaulted on the regular, but it was an uptick. Because of COVID and people were mad at Yeah, you got to be mad at Xi Jinping, dude. I mean, the guy's not a good guy and he's the leader of communist China. You know what I mean? Be mad at him. And the government not allowing the WHO to get in there in time and try and contain it because, yeah, exactly. Like, be mad at Putin. Don't don't be mad at Russians. You'll see a lot of videos of Ukrainians actually helping Russians and stuff like that. I saw they gave one soldier some food and stuff like that, let him talk to his mom, and he was crying. He was a kid. He was like, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing here. You're told you're going on exercises, but some of them are fighting. I mean, you know, like I'm not going to sit here and, and, you know, I'm I'm not going to sit here and and praise the ones that that give up and then do the same thing for the ones that are shooting missiles into residential areas and shit like that. Like it's and they are hitting a lot of residential targets. Oh, absolutely. I I don't even think we're going to have repercussions for this. You know, when when was the last time somebody was really held accountable for their world or war crimes? Yeah, I mean, Syria has just been such a shit show for so long. And again, we threaten with the red line. They cross it. We didn't do anything. Yeah. Russia's using uh, cluster bombs, which is a bomb. When it explodes, it it has like all these circular mines that look Mm, like metal balls. And they all fly and explode. Some don't because of how they land. And then, you know, kids pick these things up. It's common. And that's why they said, you know, we're not using cluster bombs anymore in war. That's a war crime because too often children after the fact pick these up and explode. And, you know, Putin's like, I don't care. Any act of war in in a residential I mean it's people, people sit there and tell me people sit there and tell well, me, you know, like war is hell. Like the there's 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 casualties. That's just the way it is here and there. And it's just like, well, I'm sorry, that that might be true, but that's a fucking war crime. Like I'm sorry. Anybody that's not there to play war with you shouldn't be getting fucking killed. You yeah. know what I mean? If, otherwise then just there shouldn't be fucking wars. I just 
obviously. But this is this is just human nature, man. Human nature is gre- we're greedy and we're violent. Yeah. And we will be violent to achieve our whatever ends. satiates our greed. So, well, we'll wait and see. We're yeah, we'll be re- back we'll next week back with more with, information. Yeah, we'll just we'll touch on that and hopefully have some other like maybe we can delve into a story or something cool next. Well, the next trucker week. convoy, the freedom convoy, was real fun. Yeah, we'll make fun of that <laughs> a little bit too. But uh, yeah, this was episode three of the Slayers of Boredom podcast. Yo, yo peace, yo, bye, and, and don't get COVID. Good advice.